Ogumbawale for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello, hello, hello. It is Lindsay Gibbs here with your Wednesday edition of Locked On Women's Basketball. I am the author and founder of the Power Plays newsletter. I am also the co-host of the Feminist Sports Podcast, Burn It All Down. And most of all, I am a huge WNBA fan and am uh, honestly a little sad today because the WNBA season is over. The Seattle Storm are the champions. They won it in a sweep. And here to talk with me about everything is the one, the only, highlight her, herself, <laughs> Ari Chambers. Hi, Ari. Lindsay, it took so much for me to not talk over you and be like, hi, girl, just in the middle of that intro. Well, I'm glad, though, that you did it anyways afterwards. So that was good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you glad. Have come with energy anyway, I'm glad you showed that restraint. That's good. Um, so... Uh, if you all don't already follow, highlight her, the Bleacher account, Instagram, dedicated solely to women, women's sports, everything badass. Go do that now. Um, you don't even need to press pause because we all know you're multitasking. Um, but anyways, Ari, last night, let's be honest, there was not a lot of drama. <laughs> there was yeah. not a lot of drama to this. I think it was a 92 to 59 Seattle Storm victory over the Las Vegas Aces to win the sweep, won their second championship in three years. Um, did anything, what are your biggest takeaways from this particular three game series? Let's start with on the court. On the court how fluid Seattle's offense was. And, you know, we see the numbers with Sue Bird and her assist. And that's a, I tweeted this the other day, that's a testament to how Seattle can really finish and they can, they can find their shots and they, they know each other so well, they read each other so well, um, at least in my opinion, and are so deep and complete that nothing really shocked me in the result of the sweep. Like nothing was really like, oh, okay. Because we, we, we were saying the same thing that we've said all season, like Seattle's the team that is a complete team. And Stewie said it in her in her speech last night too. Um, just They just had their full roster that was just showing out. I mean, people are surprised about Sue Bird being able to perform the way she has, especially like considering we don't really know how, like her health in general, she has a great way of masking it, I feel like. Um, but for her to come in a uh, 17 season, I know this is a repetitive story at this point, but to notch that fourth championship is just really admirable. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And I mean, to me, the comeback of Brianna Stewart really cannot be overstated how absolutely, I mean, I, I really don't think it's possible to grasp what she did and how well she returned to play even better than she did in the finals two years ago. Um, and then of course, before we go, Jewel Lloyd. I mean, yeah. And that's what's crazy about it is people are just finding out about her talent because that's how deep Seattle is. That's how talented Seattle is. But Jewel has been so consistent, so efficient, so pr like 
like producing so much on the court and even in things that aren't recorded on the stat sheet, you just see that extra work, same way with Alicia Clark. You see this extra work from them um, and Jewel really shined in these in these playoffs and I'm, I'm glad that people got to witness it. But as far as Stewie, I remember talking to her in a tattoo shop actually for some content that we were doing last year and she was telling me about her rehab and how she has to really be mentally there and, and keep working at it. So she was mentally there. And that's that's the mentality of a champion that you really see that. And then you see Jewel Lloyd who produced great numbers, who told us where her source of inspiration came from. And that's the Kobe, you know, the Kobe influence with her and the gold mamba. And um, just to see her carry on that legacy is great um, as on the court legacy. That's great, but it's just a complete team. It's a complete team. And it is a team that has been together for much longer than we see any WNBA teams be together. That core knows each other inside and out. And I love getting to see that type of consistency meet that level of talent. Because often it's either the super teams or the team that ha- that knows each other really well, right? You don't get both that often, um, either in the WNBA or the NBA or really any league. Uh, And so it's just, it's so special what Seattle has done. And I mean, look, they've got, um, there's no reason to think they're not going to be back next year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. And Sue was just telling us how she, I mean, if everything goes well, she doesn't plan on stopping as long as she feels great. Um, Just so seeing, seeing that return, if it, if she's healthy is great, but also I do want to touch on the aces. I remember I, I had mentioned that I think the Bill Lambeer should be considered as coach of the year before, obviously before Cheryl won it, because I didn't expect this Aces team to deliver the way they did. And especially going into the playoffs, losing De'Erica Hamby and still being able to rally and, and make to the, that, that final round, um, a huge, huge shout out to them. Cause this is a fairly mixed up new team and you, you see Emma Cannon coming in, you see, you know, it's just like they're, they're, the pieces weren't, dealt or the pieces weren't there for them and they still superseded expectations. Absolutely. And I mean, you, you look at what they've done, the way that Asia Wilson has grown. Uh, Was this really just her like second year in the league? Like what's the second, third year of the league? Like what is going on? She's going to be so good. And I mean, it sounds so cliche and wrote this in power plays today, but she really has grown on and off the court. She has turned into a leader on and off the court before our very eyes in Bradenton. Bill Lambier often tells us that she gets better each year. And so just to see that constant improvement, that constant confidence in, or the consistent confidence in yourself and, and just getting better and better and challenging yourself to more and more greatness. And now she gets a taste of these finals and she's what, how old is she? Like 25 years old. She has something to look forward 24. to. She's 24. She's a new 24. My goodness. I mean, just so young, getting this experience so early, already getting an MVP, you know, this, this, the world is hers once she knows how to, you know, guide her team um, year after year to to be successful. And let's face it, they need a, they need, they definitely need Plum to return. They need at least one other star, whether it be, um, you know, whether Kim Beige comes back, which they seem to think she will, or, you know, they bring someone one in during free agency. And, you know, they've got to have Derrica Hamby and a little bit deeper of a bench. But ultimately, you know, the Aces are going to be a contender for years to come, as long as they have Asia Wilson. And it sounds like Angel McCautry is coming back too. And I'm excited for that. 
I just want I just want her to win a finals game. It's, that's that's what I want. I she is breaks. what now Owen twelve in a finals yeah, game. My heart it's... actually breaks. Built Bar. Built Bar, the protein on the go, the best tasting protein bar ever. I have been running around dealing with a lot of family stuff in North Carolina, never knowing which house I'm going to be at the next night, taking, going anywhere that will accept me and my dog. And so it's so great to have protein bars on the go. Um, The Improved Built Bar is even delicious-er as they like to say, including flavors such as caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, um, and of course, classics like raspberry and peanut butter. Um, They're healthy. Um, You can get them as much as 19 grams of protein. Um, In some of these, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, five five grams net carbs. That's the peanut butter. You want to use the Built Bar promo at builtbar.com and use promo locked on, locked on, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Okay, I'm back with Ari Chambers of Bleacher Report and the Highlight Her Instagram account. We are talking WNBA finals. And look, I the game, the games in the past, we don't want to harp too hard on what Vegas did wrong and what Seattle did um, right. We could go on and on. But let's talk about the celebration, which, let's be honest, is the best part of any type of uh, championship clinching um, moment. It does not matter how, you know, given the game itself is. Seeing people celebrate their dreams coming true is remarkable to watch. Um, what stood out for you? Were there any post-victory uh, moments, either in the press conferences or on the court or on Instagram that you really enjoyed? Girl, when Brianna Stewart said, I reclaim my time, she said, are we still doing this? <laughs> I was like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me, Stewie. Because I had a question. I was ready for it. But the first time when she she was like, I'm done. I was like, oh, because I know that, you know, I'm in line. So I'm not going to talk to her. That's cool. That's cool. But when Sue was there and she said, Haley, no more questions. I said, oh, she's telling us we need to go so they can turn up. And that's deserved. It's very deserved. (laughs) I would be sick of us as well. And Brianna Stewart, just like she did in 2018, except this time through Zoom, came to press, full goggles, everything, not taking any of it off. I mean, um, hilarious. It, like, she, 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 she threatened to pour it on me uh, in 2018 because I just wouldn't stop asking questions. So that that was funny to me because she, she's one that, you know, you work hard, you play hard. And a tipsy Stewie is always hilarious. And we know Sue Burke can put them down. We've seen the shows. So um, we, we imagine what Meg Rapino was in the bubble doing it. People were tweeting about, we need to see it. I'm like, maybe that's not for us. <laughs> And also, like, Pino can't keep up. We've already seen that. We know Pino can't keep up. um, But look, I loved their kiss afterwards. That was an amazing moment. Um, You know, seeing Pino there supporting Sue was great all the way through. Um, Also, I loved the, the... the television camera, the ESPN camera panned over to see the all-female ownership group of the Seattle Storm, which they're one of just two um, all-female ownership groups in the entire WNBA. The other one has gotten plenty of attention because they've 
recorded it for all the wrong reasons. We're not even going to say their names, but how amazing was it to have another all-female ownership group standing there celebrating and an ownership group that really has from the beginning stood, you know, I mean, let me use my reality television, um, you know, thing. They're here for the right reasons. Like they're doing it for all the right reasons. You know, they've supported their players and all the activism. They were the first to hold a Planned Parenthood night back in 2017. Um, and, and it was, you know, there are WNBA fans who bought a franchise to keep it from going to Oklahoma City with the Sonic, the Seattle Sonic. Um, and, and that's what we love to see. And honestly, that's what we need more of. I mean, that's a blueprint. I, I tell everybody the second, let me get a bag. We all, we all about to buy, like come together and buy a team because that's the ultimate goal, right? You want people who are invested in the league, who are actually fans of the game to put their money where their math is to really take that fandom to a different level, to an ownership level and to keep pushing the game forward. So for them, kudos to you guys, the blueprint of it all. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen it and I've talked about this and burn it all down. So apologies if this is a repeat for any of you, but, you know, we, the ownership group for the Los Angeles NWSL team got all this attention because it had all these celebrities deciding to buy in for women's sports, but you don't have to be a celebrity to do this, right? (laughs) Like you don't have to be, you just need to care. And I think like we need more women. Um, you know, one of the things I'm, whenever I'm speaking on panels that are at, for lawyers or things like that, I'm always encouraging women in business or women in law or high powered women in whatever the field is to get more engaged in women's sports, to bring clients to women's sports games, to think about ways that they can get, um, can use women's sports and a lot of the ways that men have used men's sports for networking, for um, all of this stuff. And it's always amazing how many of them don't had never thought about that and you know um it, it, it's it's kind of changes their perspective and you're right they are the model um we need to invest in ourselves everybody says bet on women like women we should be investing in women if we have it why not we got it so that was a really cool moment um it just, I don't know, there was, there were so many kind of heartwarming moments, you know, I'm so glad like we've been talking about Asia Wilson getting this stage, even though, you know, it didn't, um, the finals didn't go, but it's going to make her hungrier. Um, even though Angel McCaudry didn't win a game, I'm so glad we had her for these finals because she was such a significant part of this season. You know, Brianna Taylor on the back of the jerseys, that idea came from Angel McCaudry. Um, so there was something just really fitting I felt about the two teams that we had um and i don't know i might leave it to you i mean the one of the most emotional moments and i'm not even a black girl or a black woman but alicia clark in press what, what did she have to say in press she said this championship is for all the little black girls out there to sum it up um and just that representation i left weeping from a lot of things that she said that night um alicia as the players, they have a responsibility to represent that there's no ceiling for women out there. And, you know, in particular, Black women, this is a 80% Black women league. And just to, to have players so vocal about the humanity of it all, about, you know, walking that that truth, that, that, that way, that light, um, that, that really means something. So when I say the WNBA is so important, it's so important to show that women can be excellent in these spaces. It's so important to, you know, 
maintain that that mission of social justice and advocacy. It's so important to represent that there's no limit to being a black woman. There's no limit to being a woman in sports. There's no limit to what you can accomplish as long as you work hard. So I think that that's what her speech basically alluded to last night. And to, for me, that was just that was just so amazing. And it touched my heart. Alicia always makes me smile though. She just always, she's just a ball of light and I, and I love her for that. But um, yeah, that, that just to see these players being able to play under this climate is just a testament to just how resilient they are. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's the way they're able to talk. So from the heart in these biggest moments of their lives um, is is to me nothing short of um, I think it just shows how rooted this is for them. There is nothing performative about the activism of WNBA players, and um, I was glad to see Kathy Engelbert start start her speech, her trophy presentation speech, by saying her name, by saying Breonna Taylor, by saying Sandra Bland, by mentioning the other. Um, Black women who have been killed by police violence or um, law enforcement, and that's what that's what this season was about. And to have that tied in until the very end meant a lot. So after this, we want to talk about the overall impressions of the Wubble. Yeah. All right. Uh, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy, and uh, that is for me as well. Um, but look, it's important for women to talk about too. Usually um, a lot of men brush it off and blame themselves or avoid it altogether. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally direct. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. Remember that the Locked on Women's Basketball podcast is five days a week and the WNBA season might be over, but the Locked on WBB is not. Stay tuned. We know that this season continues into free agency. There's going to be trades and of course, college women's basketball and European and overseas basketball is starting. So um, we'll be covering it all. So remember to stick with us and subscribe to Locked on Women's Basketball. Okay, Ari. So beyond the finals, beyond the storm and the aces, what are you going to take from this season? I'm going to take the growth of the players and coming into their own, finding their voice where, you know, we haven't really heard them be so vocal in the past. I mean, they've always stood for what's right, but just the, the consistency of the social um, justice and advocacy has been really impressive to me. I, I see Ariel Atkins, who's typically quiet, um, delivering the message in her own way. 
I could always count on her to, which is kind of sad to, to inform me about another death, you know, to inform me about another situation that's happened um, with a black woman's life getting stripped from her in the hands of the police. Um, I'm proud of Elizabeth Williams who stepped it up. She's always been really, really smart, but just delivering those messages, being able to um, talk to the masses in a way that I haven't seen her do before. Um, I'm proud of the players as a whole continuing to be able to come together as one unit, despite like, you know, even the day of reflection that night before it, um, when they all arrived at the arena, just there were mixed emotions about whether they wanted to play or whether they didn't want to play, but they were all able to come together and say, okay, this is bigger than me. So just that selflessness of the players, it's just been really dope to watch. And they know that they have a responsibility, um, of, of spreading the word and a responsibility despite they, they're the ones who are affected by it. They're the ones who are experiencing that common goal of, hey, we need to spread the word. We need to make sure you guys understand that Black lives do matter. And it's not just uh, a saying, it's not just a hashtag. It's, it's literally, these are people's lives on the line. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever forget the mystics in those t-shirts, right? The Jacob Blake t-shirts um, that spelled out Jacob Blake and had on the back seven bullet holes to signify um, the seven times that police shot him in close range in the back. And, you know, the fact that Coach Mike Tebow was a big part of those shirts. He was the ones who said, like, if we really want to make a statement, like, let's make it like this was graphic. And let's think beyond just the types of shirts that we've been wearing, the type of statements that we've been making, um, because we're all saying this feels different. And this feels different in the moment. And we, you know, we want to convey that. And like you said, I'll never forget Ariel Atkins speech. Um, Mystics beat reporters would always say that she was always a player you'd want, you'd go find in the locker room and one-on-one she would explain the game and explain decisions about the game in ways that were just so thoughtful and so calm and just so wonderful. Like as a reporter, I left every single conversation with her um, smarter than I began and I love all the players, but cannot say that about all of them. And <laughs> in press, uh, which understandably, a lot of them don't, um, you know, want to divulge that to uh, me. But it was it was it, to see her take that stage, and we got to see because of some some of the stars that weren't there. Um, because of the condensed nature of the season, you did get to see some new players step up. And when you think about it, this generation of players, you know, the players, you know, maybe in their third season and sooner, they've grown up watching the WNBA do this, right? They've grown up seeing the Lynx press conference, seeing the Black Lives Matter um, uh, media blackouts back in 2016. They've seen the league do this. So it doesn't feel, it feels natural. This is a part now of becoming the WNBA and you see international players understand it. You see the white players seem to understand it um, for the most part. And um, that's something, you know, it's, it's now, if you're going to be in the WNBA, you need to you need to be educated and you need to be willing to speak on these issues. And this season really solidified that in, in a powerful, powerful way. Mm-hmm. What about on court? Any, what are your other fun on court memories? Like ju- just basketball for a second. 
<laughs> and I hate to keep mentioning her, but uh, Angel McCautry, just that first game was just so exciting because we were all like, what the heck? Like, you just came back, you know, you just came back and you're fired up. And though it wasn't as consistent throughout the whole season, that was just a good glimpse to see that, hey, our, our legends of the game or our, our super vets are still good. We see, like, we were all worried about Suber, like, lower her knee, her back, what's going on? Same way with Diana Taurasi, but they, they were able to deliver. Candace Parker came back, new mentality, refreshed. I just mm. love when people who are not new to the game come back and hold their own and perform to the point where people are like, oh, this is like the old them. But it's 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 the the year that that happened. It's the year of like the vet being like, nah, I'm here. I'm holding my own. And that's what's been really exciting to me. Um, I, in a sad turn, I was really sad to see Diamond leave the bubble. You know, I'm a huge mm -hmm. fan of Diamond the Shields. And I, I was really wanting to see the impact that she made on the team. but. In other, in other news with Chicago, following up with what you said at the very beginning of the season when Kalia was going to shine this year and Kalia Copper did just that. And so. Mm -hmm. But I remember, you didn't know if I was right about that. But hey, look, 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 now you have it on record. Now you have it on record. But again, Maisha, knowing, like following her in college and knowing what she could do in college and then us not getting a chance to experience that last year, she stepped up. I mean, she fired me up for the season. I mean, to see Maisha Hines Allen get second team all WNBA, that is huge. Huge. <laughs> like, there are great, great players who never in their entire career make it onto a, sec a first or second team all WNBA. Mm -hmm. Like, all, you know, perennial all stars who've never, probably never done that. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just remarkable. So I loved breakout performances like that. I mean, the Shea Petty story, can you get any better? <laughs> I mean, truly love to see it. Truly love to see it. And I like, like, great, great job, Shay. Great job, Shay. Great job. And I think that it was a season that could have been easily defined by who wasn't there, who wasn't on the court, what they didn't have, the lack of the crowd, um, you know, the lack of the Elena Deladon, the, um, you know, another lack, the another season without Maya Moore, um, you know, the loss of Sabrina Ionescu, like this is a season that could have been defined by absences, but I think what you've seen, and I mean, with only 12 teams, we're going to continue to see this, that, that there is like, there is about two teams where the starters on every WNBA team, <laughs> because this talent is so deep. And, um, you know, the league is solid enough right now that of course, it, I don't want to say it doesn't need stars. Every league needs stars. Every league needs um, you know, uh, big names and big performances, but there are so many of those to go around that I, I left, I started this, the pandemic very scared for the WNBA mm -hmm. and I'm leaving this season more confident in its future than ever. And that is a credit to the players on the court and definitely to the players association, shout out Neka Gumake, um, shout out Terry Jackson and to the owners and to Kathy Engelberg. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that, like you said, a lot of things could have gone wrong and they didn't. And 
we were all holding our breath and, and now we can exhale. We made it through a season. The viewership is up. We were more exposure, more merch was available. I just see an upward trajectory and I'm really excited about the future of the WNBA. You see people because media had so much access like via Zoom call, you see these stories being told that weren't told before. So people are falling in love with players that don't necessarily have the huge name. And that's what is just so great in my eyes. Like you can, you can see a player come up like like a Maisha Hines Allen who didn't previously have a name and now she's getting love. You see Benaya Laney like getting love now. And and it's beyond just the breakout season, you just had more access to them. You could you could watch them. <laughs> and it's you don't have to deal with like trying to dig, dig, dig for, for games as much if you have cable TV. <laughs> so that's that's been the big difference. Put the put the games on TV, put the players in front of reporters. And good things are going. Put the merchandise for sale. <laughs> yeah. and, you don't know how many times people t- tweet me. Can I get a jersey? Like I don't know where to get. Like, look, figure it out. But if it's for sale, like people will buy it. People I do love it. that they release like the best-selling jersey every year when they only make like three per team actually. <laughs> which like I'm sure Super would have been the best-selling jersey no matter what. Well deserved. <laughs> but also like really. <laughs> I just want a Amanda Zaye jersey. That's all I want. I want to wear. There's only yeah. like six WNBA jerseys that you can buy. Like, um, anyways, Ari, thank you so much for coming on for reliving the finals in this season with us. Thank you all for listening and for being here with us during, um, you know, this wobble and these daily Locked On Women's Basketball podcasts. Tomorrow, Eric Ayala will be here. Friday, Howard Mechtel will be back with his show, and the the game just keeps being played here at Locked on WBB.